How do you mean that? Well, I mean that there are the colors and the beauties, the designs, the beautiful way things appear. People themselves, dull people, but I thought dull, appear fascinating, interesting, mysterious, wonderful. But that's only the beginning. Welcome to Strange People, Weird Worlds. Let's get this show started. I think they do have a lot of dog beaches because my dad was telling me that that's where they take the dogs out yeah. all the time. Yeah, so I mean, it, and Denver's already pretty dog friendly, so oh, if there's yeah. a place more dog friendly than Wow. It's like, sign me it's up. Like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. fucking jump into this thing. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, if you haven't gotten my multiple apologies <laughs> on Instagram or Facebook, that's a very good reason you should be following us on Instagram and Facebook. Very good reason. Um, if you don't follow us and you don't know what's going on and you haven't heard from us in a month now, I am very, Has very, very sorry. If we miss one episode, that makes a month, you know, when you're a bi-weekly show. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's tough. That didn't um, even hit me. Yeah, even one of my um, best friends, uh, the girl who made our logo, Leanne, mm-hmm. she texted me yesterday. She's like... Was your last episode September 4th? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Honestly, <laughs> I had one of my friends, they, uh, I ran into him in the hallway, and he was like, hey, you kind of like, you missed a week. And I was like, We yeah. did, we did. And yeah. it's not going to happen again. No. Nope. And we swear, it, this is the oddest thing about this is, right before this happened, we were just talking about recording a backup episode. Literally right before. We were like, we need to write a backup episode and record it. And we try. I mean, we tried some, like several days yeah. that week. Yeah, and then I got sick. I, if that's what I was leading up to here, if you if you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, I was sick for about two weeks. It was rough. Mm-hmm. I was having car problems. And then she was simultaneously <laughs> having car problems. And I mean, I was so sick to the point like I was like, okay, I can still research at home. You know, I'm not working, and like I just couldn't pull myself to do it. Um, yeah. I had the whole bronchial infection and all respiratory oh. infection and all that. So it was pretty rough. Well, but glad you're alive and not six feet under. I am. I'm alive. I'm alive and I'm back. And uh, you well, look great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know, I'm still a cuter co or the cuter host. That's but... not what Instagram says. But... I know. <laughs> My God, I'm losing. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, go on Instagram, place your vote for cutest co-host, um, but we know it's me. It's all I right. Look at it. It's the hair. It just, it's whimsical. It's, it's a hell of a competition. I mean, you know, if you've seen Anya, you know, she's... I'm pretty fucking adorable. She's pretty damn cute. She's got the Disney princess thing going. Yep. But I am, I'm just really adorable. Like, That's I'm, your real hair. I'm like cute a, as a button. Yeah. Mi- a mystical warlock. Yeah, Majestic comes up a lot oh. <laughs> talking about me. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, with like the wind blowing in the hair. Oh, the yeah. Oh, you should see me in Estes Park. I just run around. Oh, Jesus. I, there's elk following me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Anyhow, welcome everybody to Strange People, Weird World. Welcome back. My name is Greg Tanner. With me, as always, is the outstanding, the amazing, the intelligent, the second cutest in the room. Anya Daniela. Gladly take my title. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and again, uh, it's great to be back. So sorry we missed you for so long, and we did miss you. I actually, uh, I really missed you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We even tried to get the an extra. Yeah, it just it didn't work. But no. we're here. 
We're here now. That's and all uh, happy October, everybody. Happy October. October. Happy fall season. Happy spooky season. I, I know a good amount of America. This is your favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people I know. It's my favorite time. Is it? You're, yeah. you're, what, you're a Halloweener? Oh, yeah. I just love the fact of, you know, I'm going to get a little... A little weird. The fact that the veil between like realms is very, very yeah. thin around this time. Ooh, yeah. So things are actually Yeah, yeah. Scary. Anya really gets into it. Oh, yeah, I do. I've already been doing my candle magic, getting it all ready for the season. <laughs> I think it's cool. Um, the love of my life, Miranda, she, she gets end of summer blues. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't celebrate it like... Super. As much as I probably might, but... It's no big deal. I do prefer summer. I love being out in the sunshine and all that. So. I will say that is the one sad thing, especially so here in Colorado. We received our first snowstorm up in the Rocky Mountains. I was up there this were weekend. You? Yeah, we were up in Winter Park for a wedding. It was so beautiful. Uh, all the aspen trees are this orange, yellow, lime gold. green color. It's beautiful. The wedding was outdoors on a cliff in like a oh, Columbine Point. God. It was so beautiful. The whole weekend was great. We stayed in this really cool Airbnb, and she she didn't care about our dogs or anything. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, a really nice lady. It was super cool. Uh, this time of year is gorgeous, though. That's that's one thing yeah. for sure. It's beautiful. I hear the East Coast is super beautiful, like the Vermont area. And yeah, stuff Alex like and Haiti never shut up my roommates because they're from yeah. the East Coast, and they're always like, oh, it's so gorgeous out there. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out one day. One day. One day. I mean, it's the East Coast, you know. But right now we're here in Colorado, and it is beautiful, and we do have a spooky story for you today. See the skeletons dancing. (laughs) (laughs) The bones are jumping. (laughs) So it is no surprise, uh, as you all know, I am a fan of weird mysteries. What? I would have never guessed. Right? Weird. 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 So I've got a pretty weird one and a pretty spooky one for you today. Uh, it is about the Watcher uh, from Westfield, New Jersey. Oh. This happened, uh, the most recent activity in 2017. Started, Great, I have to drive home after that. Started in 2014. <laughs> and as I said, this is a mystery, so we don't know who the Watcher is. The Watcher could be listening to our podcast right now. My hair's already jumping up. Watcher, so, my name's what, not on yet. Watch what you say about the Watcher. God, I'm, I'm watching everything now. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- this is a really cool subject. Uh, not a lot of information out there besides your ABC, your Fox, your CBS news clips and things like that, and your BuzzFeeds and whatnot. So hard to get really solid information, but I did find it. From thecut.com in an amazing story slash article by Reeves Weidman. Artwork by Gerald Slotta. Thank you, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, really, the bulk of my information is coming from this, as well as just other things, smaller things I've seen online in different places. And a few passages uh, I borrow from it. That's uh, why I'm giving you some credit here. Reeves Weidman. Thank you, Mr. Reeves. Do you think it's Mr. a mister? I, I, I was thinking it was a girl this whole time. I don't know why. You know... First of all, Anya, it's 2019, and shame on you. I know! For, for I, I gender was gender, assuming <laughs> anybody. That so, is so what this show is not about. 
I, that's why I'm just gonna say good you job, know, my dude. I don't know if you notice on Instagram, every time I do like a pitch, like the stories, and you can do the hashtag, I use mm-hmm. the rainbow one. Do you? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're accepting of everybody here. Oh, yeah, this is yeah, a safe space. But no, I don't know. I was thinking Reeves Weidman as a, as a lady. I but, mean, uh, I guess. Now that you say he, it, it does make more sense. But uh, I don't know. Just Reeves is a cool name. Reeves is a leaves, cool name. So it goes with the season. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Anyways, thank you, Mr. or Mrs. or. Uh, my dude Reeves. My dude Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, back to what I was doing. Episode forty six. All hail built. the Watcher. Right. So in June of two thousand fourteen, Derek Broaddus and his wife Maria had closed on a six bedroom house at six five seven Boulevard. It, that was kind of weird because it, it's just 657 Boulevard, not like something. There's no street I name? think the street is called Boulevard. Boulevard? Yeah. All right, New Jersey, a little weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the area refers to it as, like, the neighborhood calls it, they call it the Boulevard. Like, it used to be a really prominent area. Interesting. Um, yeah. Anyhow, it still is, too. I mean, these are million-dollar houses. Oh, Jesus. For the Broadduses, buying 657 Boulevard had fulfilled a dream. Maria was raised in Westfield and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. Derek grew up in the working class in Maine, then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford a $1.4 million house. Boy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, right? Man, my tummy is already nauseous, but that just did backflip. I'm telling you. Boy. You know, Maine's another place I want to go to. I hear like you could just get lob, like pounds of lobster. Mm-hmm. Just cheap. I have cheap. always wanted to visit Maine. It was actually weird. Like growing up, Maine was the one place I wanted to move to on the East Coast. Really? Is only place. Uh, I don't know about the weather. Like, oh, it's I don't depressing. Know if I, yeah, yeah. But like, is there a lobster fest there? Do they do that? Is that a thing? I think I feel like so. It's a thing. I don't know if that's like a Red Lobster commercial. <laughs> Or, or if there's really a lobster fest. I mean, I would think because Maine's known for their lobster. And yeah. If there's a lobster fest, I want to go. does George do like a peach fest? I don't know. They, they do rock peaches. They do. Um, between, I don't, I don't know what's better, the Colorado Palisades or the Georgia peaches. I've had both now, but I didn't know about Colorado Palisades when I was in Georgia to like mm, think of compare a, the two. Yeah, you know. Anyhow. Anyhow. Lobster Fest, let me know, guys. I yeah. want to go. If, if you live in Maine and listen to this show and you got, like, an extra ticket. Or if you can get us on the guest list, so I'll fly out to Maine. Or a room I can stay in and you're not going to murder me and I won't murder you. Right. We'll just, like, put that on the table. I'll cook dinner for you if you give me a place to stay. Yeah, or if you want the cuter, better cook to cook dinner, I'll cook dinner for you as well. <laughs> you can wear and him I'll, as a skin suit and just let me be. And I'll put meat in the dinner. She will not. Um, no. I don't know if you know if that's a swing. Well, we're there for lobster. Are you gonna eat lobster? Yeah, I eat fish. Yeah, you eat fish. And you're, you're fish back in. You're vegetarian, just pescatarian. What about eggs? Yeah. Eggs, yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, if I off subject, but we're gonna go back to it. If I ever go back to Germany, I think I'm gonna eat meat again. Oktoberfest. Well, just because uh, all of my half of my family's in Germany still, okay. and meat is just such a prominent piece like, of that like culture. Sausage, right? Oh my god, yeah! And their meat oh, is man. actually like true meat, not like American meat. That's oh, a science gosh. project. Yeah, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Any, I, I do try and buy the organic. It's so expensive buying organic. So I just don't eat it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm about to buy like part of a cow for my dogs because I make my dogs food. Oh wow. Um, 
yeah, so I might just let me get some for me too. There you go. Anyhow, I think we've uh, speaking of three days later. Three days later, they were doing some <laughs> renovations before they moved in. At the end of the day, Derek walked over to check the mail. There wasn't much except a few bills and a white card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner. The typed note began warmly. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. As Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbor, it took a turn. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. As it approaches its its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched the house in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Oh my god. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. More on the way? Do you need to fill the house with young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Oh. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Oh my, this is like my worst nightmare. (laughs) People are fucking weird. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin followed by a signature typed in cursive font, The Watcher. Ew. Literally my biggest nightmare. Because you don't know the history of a house that you move into. No, that's the scariest thing right now about us thinking about buying a house like in a city we don't even live in. I can't believe you did the story around that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck, I'm just renting, but I'm always, like, I've always been very mindful of that, which is for some odd reason, but I just, like, watch people walk by, and I'm like, I wonder if they know, like, who used to live in this house, and I wonder if they have any weird connections, or, like, I also, like, think about possibilities of, like, an old owner coming in and just stopping, like, yeah, I just want to check out the place, like, okay, well, the watcher here, doing more than just that. You know, I've been watching this unit across from us, the townhouse across the way. 
it got rented out one time, like, since I moved in, like, somebody moved out. Or, like, I think it was vacant when I moved in. Somebody moved in. They only lived there for, like, two to three months. And then gone. What? And another couple months later, somebody else moved in. Two or three months. Gone. Really? Then the house went up for sale. Some poor bastard just bought that place. I wonder what's wrong with it. Right? I mean, for someone, because, I mean, unless they're doing short-term leases, that's... That's very rare. Yeah, especially for townhouses. And for rent... What? Yeah. And these were, like, like, people with kids that moved in and dogs, like... That's pretty weird for a family to do. Especially if you have a dog. I mean, if you have a dog, you're pretty normal. Yeah, like... And then children. Anyhow. But. So. You should get to know the buyer of it. I I don't know. I don't don't want whatever juju's going on over there. Yeah, true. It could be hexed. You know what? That'll bring here. Yeah, I don't need to bring that shit over (laughs) here. That's right across the way. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just be the There's a big old tree in between us, and uh, that's how I like it. Anyhow, that night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to John and Andrea Woods, the couple who sold them 657 Boulevard, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be or why he or she had written them. See, they were conscious enough to say he or she on you. Okay, you know what? My dude, gender new cheer. Was she, so is she pregnant? No, they already have three kids. Okay, so they have three kids, but they don't have... And he just said more on the way, like... Okay, I was thinking, are, like, maybe she was maybe, pregnant. Are there maybe... No, it was more on the way, question mark. You mm. know, like, are there more on the way? You know, are, are, are we filling, you know... Are you bringing me more blood? The fact that he... He keeps calling them young blood. Young blood. It's yeah. like, are you going to do human sacrifice with my oh, little children? It's real weird. My little Satan spawns? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is why I don't want to bring children into this world. Weirdos like this... If he's watching, though, if he's listening. Fuck you. That's what. He's got sweaty palms. <laughs> we're, we're saying fuck you, the watcher, from sunny San Diego, California. We are in San Diego. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so they had asked the Woods why he or she had written, quote, I asked the Woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. Andrea Woods replied the next morning, A few days before moving out, the Woods had also received a letter from the Watcher. The note had been odd, and she said, made similar mention of the Watcher's family observing the house over time, but Andrea said she and her husband had never received anything like that in the 23 years they'd lived in the house, and they just threw the the letter away with no thought to it. And maybe he was pissed because the new family sent all the contractors in. Yeah. Yeah, he, he obviously doesn't like people fucking with the house. No. Uh, that day, the Woods and Maria went to the police station where Detective Leonard Lugo told her not to tell anybody about the letters, including her new neighbors, who most of them are now suspects. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine just buying a million-dollar house... For this to happen, right? And especially if you have a family, like you're yeah. gonna be super alert. Yeah, what do you do? Oh my god, it's fucking creepy as shit. Like, that's yeah. such a helpless feeling, I have to imagine. Like, and just walking around your house feeling like 
someone's watching, watching you at all you. times. Oh, that's <laughs> creepiest. Oh my god, I would literally have like four security systems. <laughs> right? Watchdog, um, sniper, yeah. bow and arrow. Yeah, we get in. He, they definitely put a security system a in. Boat. <laughs> the Broadus has spent the coming weeks on high alert. Derek canceled a work trip, and whenever Maria took the kids to the new house, she would yell their names if they wandered into a corner of the yard. When Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple on the block, he froze when the wife said, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. Yes, that's weird. First of all, why the fuck are you giving your neighbors tours of the house right now when they are all suspects? All suspects. They're all suspects. You just got this creepy-ass letter, and now you're bringing someone into your house? Come on Check it out. Oy, oy, oy. Look at my upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at this entrance, this entrance. There's a weak spot, blind spot. Oh, what the fuck, guys? Young blood. But yeah, so the lady said, nice to have young blood. Is that, I mean... I mean, I say Satan spawns. I don't say young blood. Young blood's weird. That's like... Not to be, like, racist stereotypical, but you picture, like, old black guy, like, hey, young blood. Yeah, I mean... Like, I don't... Who, who says who that? Who says young blood? Who the fuck says that besides, you know... I need to so Haiti, my roommate, she grew up in New Jersey, so maybe it's a New Jersey sling. I'll ask her. Yeah, I'll yeah. get the verdict if, for if us, If you live guys. in New Jersey, let us know. Is young blood, like, common vernacular? Because if so, Sounds weird. Again, Sounds New Jersey. Weird. It's creepy. Like it's weirdos. creepy over here. It's just, creepy. Just saying that right now. It's like calling soda pop. It's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Two weeks after the letter arrived, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and check the mail. Also, I'm not letting my wife go there by herself. Yeah. For sure. She recognized the thick black lettering on a card-shaped envelope and called the police. She didn't open it first? I guess not. Wow, she has a lot of restraint. I'm <laughs> nosy as shit. Yeah, right? I, I, you'd have <laughs> to. I'd have yeah. to, right? I mean, or didn't it right then and there? Yeah. I might go inside. And, you know, yeah. It's a good reminder you're being watched. I'd <laughs> like, sit in my fuck. car, honestly. I wouldn't be able to even go in that house. Something. Yeah, I might drive drive around the bolt, like drive somewhere and then read it. Yeah, maybe, maybe come back, see what the yeah. letter yeah. You know, says. Yeah, yeah. The watcher... Uh, this time, the watcher had addressed Derek and Maria directly, misspelling their names as Bradis instead of Bradis. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload cartfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. The watcher boasted of having learned a lot about the family in the preceding weeks, especially about their children. The letter identified the three Broadus' kids by birth order and their nicknames. <gasps> what? The ones Maria had been yelling while they were in the yard. I am pleased to know your names now and the names of young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. The letter also asked about one child in particular who had uh, he'd seen painting on an easel on an enclosed porch that's only only visible from certain angles and certainly not from the street. Is she the artist in the family? He asked. Mm-hmm. The letter would continue. 
657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Oh. Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Oh my god. Oh. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who will have the windows facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better half of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Baradas family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. Derek and Maria would stop bringing their kids to the house. They were no longer sure when or if they would move in. Several weeks later, a third letter arrived. Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. Ooh. Oh, that's weird. $1.4 million, million dollars on top of renovations. renovations. And clearly, they were big renovations if they had a huge dump, dump, like dumpster outside. Yeah. Going in and out, working a lot. So some of the actual, um, some of the things I learned, what's really creepy is the date on the first letter mm-hmm. is before the sale of the house was made public. The talk of renovations and things like that, other neighbors noted saying they hardly noticed anything was going on, even the jackhammering in the basement. Weird. Because as he pointed out, can't hear shit from that basement. Well, I'm wondering, because he said, like, it's been in his family for generations, why don't they just open up the public records of the family that originally owned the house and then go from there? They look back into things like that. And they couldn't find anything? Not with, uh, yeah, not with people who own the house. Not, yeah. Um, they even look back into old help. We'll get into, but... We'll, we'll, we'll get into some of the theories for sure. Um, but this is where we're at right now. This is why I keep three, my blinds closed at home. <laughs> yeah. Three letters. $1.4 million. Renovations. They've already sold their house at this point. They're living with their one of their parents. Because, like, as a... I mean, just myself, I don't even have children. I wouldn't be able to move into that house. No. Now, if I had children, 
Fuck that. And that's, I mean, he's specific. He's talking about, about your children. Yeah. He's talking about calling their names and getting them to come to him. Oh, my God. Oh. Talking about knowing who sleeps in which room and why it's better for him to plan. And if he lived in the house prior, he knows this setup. So, um, it was very hard for me to, I actually can't find, like, the solid notes mm-hmm. online. Thank God for, uh, Reevesy here. Because he's got the, the biggest chunks of them, but they come in pieces as I've kind of been giving them to you. We get some of the, th- the third note later on. He talks about walking through the walls of the house, or like the halls of the house when he's a kid and things like that. Um, he makes me wonder if his family owned it or if they were just like... Maybe help or... In it, yeah. Help yeah. is one of the reasons. That's one of the things they go back and look, look at help for. I mean, because I could... Like, a theory that it, that's been brewing up in my mind is that they owned the house, and once the market got too insane, they were no longer able to afford it, and they lost it. And, like, because, I mean, there's situations where that happens, and people get very angry. And, you know, they keep showing up in the lot, but to go as far as to subject someone's offspring... As they're malicious and like focused. Oh, yeah. Fuck, almost right? like, almost sounds like he like supernatural. Like he's like sucking the energy from the children, or yeah. You know, because he, he says he's calling for them and or was asking for them. Or. Well, and the way that he's watching them too. I mean, kids are. He, he's obviously gaining information. Yeah. Uh, the porch that she was painting on can only be seen from their neighbor's house, the Langfords, which mm-hmm. we'll discuss, and they become the first suspects. But, I mean, he's he's obviously been in earshot yeah. of their names. Oh, my, and that would just keep you on edge. I couldn't even imagine. Oh, man, she was probably popping clonopin after clonopin dealing with that be shit. losing it. Yeah. Losing it. I literally feel like, what was that, uh, the one guy that we talked about who was getting, um, I was going to say something that's definitely not what was happening. That <laughs> <laughs> was not appropriate. Uh, the guy was getting gang stalked? Yes. That... Yes, Charles, uh, Charles C. Morgan yeah. in Sacramento, California, I think. Imagine, like, his anxiety. Yeah. Times, like, tw- 200 yeah, of these guys. With your children and everything, yeah. And you know he he thought he le- he at least knew who he thought he was battling yeah. to the police. This is just watcher. The watcher, fuck. <sighs> so let's talk about the town of Westfield. Hit me with it. Many Westfield residents compare their town to Mayberry. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's the idyllic setting of the Andy Griffith Show. Um, you know, the old black and white policeman uniform walking with his son in the fishing pool. That was actually my father's favorite show. Super small town. Yeah. Um, Andy Griffith, super nice cop guy. You got Barney Fife, the, the dopey deputy. Um, like the all-American little yeah, city? Yeah, all-American little city, yeah. A kind place where a neighbor might greet you with a welcoming note. Westfield is 45 minutes from New York. And a bit too slow for singles, meaning the town's 30,000 residents are largely well-to-do families. Um, in the year this was happening, Westfield was the 99th richest city in America. 
Um, but only the 18th wealthiest city in New Jersey. How many fucking rich cities are in New Jersey? Dude, seriously. That's incredible. Wow. And in 2014, when the watchers struck, the website Neighborhood Scout named it the country's 30th safest town. So this was, a, this was a real, like, don't lock your door, yike. You know? But despite all of that... One activity locals recognized as treacherous is trying to buy a house. There's a lot of money and a lot of ego, to quote one resident, uh, who requested anonymity before discussing the Westfield real estate. He says, I've seen bidding wars, he or she, sorry, I was close. I've seen bidding wars where friends lost by $300,000, or they, it. Inclusive. Yeah, yeah. The Broadus' house was on the boulevard, a wide, tree-lined street with some of the more desirable homes in town. As the watcher had noted, the boulevard used to be the street to live on. You made it if you lived on the boulevard. Built in 1905, 657 Boulevard was perhaps the grandest home on the block, and when the Woods put it on the market, they had received multiple offers above their asking price. That led the Broadduses to initially suspect the watcher might be someone upset over losing out on the house. But the Woods said one interested buyer had backed out after bad medical diagnosis, while another had already found a different home. In an email to the Broadduses, Andrea Woods proposed another theory. Would the mention of a contractor and your children suggest it was somebody in the neighborhood? The letters did indicate proximity. They had been processed in Kearney, the U.S. Postal Service's distribution center in northern New Jersey. The first post marked June 4th, before the sale was public. The Woodses had never put up a for sale sign, and only a day after the contractors arrived, the renovations were mostly interior, and the people who live nearby say they didn't notice unusual commotion, even the jackhammering in the basement. So when Derek and Maria walked in, Detective Lugo walked, <coughs> walked Detective Lugo around the house. They showed him the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house or right next door. A few days after the first letter, Maria and Derek went to a barbecue across the street welcoming them and another new homeowner to the block. This I understand because you do kind of have to keep up a certain amount of appearances, I guess. Mm -hmm. But still, you shouldn't be bringing people into your house. like. Yeah, especially ones that you haven't... Yeah. So the Broadduses hadn't told anyone about the Watcher, as police had instructed, and found themselves scanning the party for clues while keeping tabs on their kids. At one point, Derek was chatting with John Schmidt, who lived two doors down, when Schmidt told him about the Langfords, who lived in between them. Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and several of her adult children, all in their 60s, lived with her. The family was a bit odd, Schmidt said, but harmless. He described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway as kind of a Boo Radley character. Boo Radley is from To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. He represents, like, uh, an innocent character who's misunderstood. And it's like the of, oddball. Yeah. 
but is just kindly and innocent anyways. Derek thought the case was solved. The Langford house was right next to the easel on the porch. The family had lived there since the 60s when the watcher's father said the letter uh, said he had begun observing. And Richard Langford, the family patriarch, had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher claimed to have been on the job for the better part of two decades. Hmm. When the Broadduses told Lugo about the family, he said he already knew, and a week after the first letter arrived, he brought Michael Langford to the police headquarters for an interview. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters, but the Broadduses say that Lugo told them the narrative of what Michael said matched things mentioned in the letters. I'm not quite sure what that means. Hmm. And Lugo said, quote, This isn't CSI Westfield. When the wife is dead, it's the husband. Hmm. So it almost seems like some shoddy police work at this point. Like, they really yeah. don't care. I mean, that or the police are working with yeah. the watcher. Well, even scarier. Yeah, and maybe he has, like, immunity connections through them. Because those small towns, man, they... Yeah. Your connections... Tight-knit. Yeah. Tight-knit. Overlapping. Yeah. You don't know who to trust sometimes. Yeah. But there wasn't much hard evidence, and after a few weeks, the police chief told the Broadduses that, short of an admission, there wasn't much that the department could do. Frustrated, the Broadduses began their own investigation. Derek became especially obsessed. He set up webcams in 657 Boulevard and spent the nights crouched in the dark watching to see if anybody was watching the house at close range. This is where I would be at right now. Yeah. Fucking freaking out, setting shit up, setting up my own watches and things like that, and like crawling around on the floor, peeking out windows. I mean, that would drive someone to the brink of insanity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would be losing it. Especially I'd be, I'd with be, children. I'd be, my whole family would be somewhere and I would just be in there like loaded up with guns and... I mean, and you just $1.4 million. Yeah, $1.4 million. Ah. I'm hoping to catch this guy so I can move into my house. Right? You can enjoy your $1.4 million mansion. God damn. So now they're hiring experts, too. God knows how much money this is. The Broadduses also turned to several experts. They employed a private investigator who staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the, on the Langfords, but didn't find anything noteworthy. Derek reached out to former FBI agent who served as the inspiration for Clarence Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. Wow. They were on a high school board of trustees together, apparently. Oh. And they also hired Robert Lenahan, another former FBI agent, to conduct a threat assessment. Lenahan recognized several old-fashioned ticks in the letters that pointed to an older writer. The envelope was addressed to M. M. Baratus, The salutations included the day's weather, warm and humid, sunny and cool for a summer day, and the sentences had double spaces between them. The letters had a certain vernacular which suggested a voracious reader and a surprising lack of profanity, given the level of anger in the letters, led to think of a less macho writer. Yeah, I was going to definitely say the way that the letter is formatted, too. Yeah, Lenahan didn't think the watcher was likely to act on the threats, but the letters had enough typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. There was also a seething anger directed at the wealthy in particular. 
The Watcher was upset by new money moving into town, which I can imagine being a thing. Yeah. Old money versus new money. I wish that was a problem in my life. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Do I want it to be? Yeah. Eh. I'd take my new money and go somewhere else. I don't give a fuck about old money people. Yeah, fuck that. I'd be living by myself somewhere. Especially because old money, they got deep roots. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that crazy fucking cult shit. Yeah, where you walk into a bar, everyone stops and looks. I'm like, okay. Yeah, see ya. (laughs) Hi, Um, Quote the Watcher, are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? The house is crying from all the pain it's going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 60s were a good time for 657 Boulevard. When I ran from room to room, imagining the life with rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day the young blood will be mine again. What? Weird. So now he's making threats towards the children. How are the police going to back down on that? I mean, he's been threatening the children the Since whole time. The whole, for, yeah. The whole time. Okay, so clearly he lived there in the 60s. So, yeah, reading that, it definitely sounds like he lived there in the 60s. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't have been the Woods family, so... It was prior to the woods. Yeah. Because they lived there for 23 yeah. years. And again, like, did they live there, or was he just, like, creepy and, like, in the house in the 60s when he was a kid? Like, But, I mean, the way that... Or was it vacant for a point, and, like, he would wander the halls, picturing who's going to live there next? Well, and, like, because he made the point of thinking of the rich families yeah. that would wander these halls, and so it was, like, clearly... His family did not have that much wealth. Yeah. And so it could have been one of those things that... Interesting. Wondering how even his house got attached to him. So Lenahan recommended looking into former housekeepers or their descendants. The watcher was jealous that the Broadduses had bought a home that the writer couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really say too much about that, so I I can only assume nothing really came of it. The focus, as I said, remained uh, on the Langfords, and it seems like the detectives were able to start cooperating with the Westfield police again. Uh, The Broaddus has sent a letter to the Langfords announcing plans to tear down the house, hoping to prompt a response. Nothing happened. Detective Lugo brought Michael Langford in for a second interview, but got nowhere. And his sister Abby accused the police of harassing the family. Eventually, the, the Broadduses hired Lee Levitt, a lawyer who met with several members of the Langford family, as well as their attorney, to show them the letters, along with photos explaining how their home was one of the few vantage points from which the easel could be seen. The meeting grew tense. And the Langfords insisted Michael was innocent. According to his brother, Sandy Langford, Michael had been diagnosed with schizophrenia as a young man. He sometimes spooked newcomers to the neighborhood when he did strange things like walk through their backyard or peek into their windows. What the fuck? 
but those who knew him told me that the odd things he did were mostly just unusual neighborly kindness. Ah. He goes out and get and gets newspapers for me every morning, said John Schmidt, who lives next door, who also named them as a suspect to the yeah. fucking Broadduses. So I don't fuck with small yeah. town, yeah. man. They're just too dramatic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like a... People who knew Michael for decades told me they didn't think he was capable of writing letters. Do you know who else's neighbors said that? Ted Bundy's. I don't give a fuck what the neighbors think. No. And right? of course, I mean, this neighbor's already going back on his word, so... Yeah, yeah, this guy, yeah, wishy-washy already. And how long have... It was the Smiths? Schmitz. Schmitz. How long have the Schmitz lived there? Uh, I don't I don't have a number on that. Probably a while, probably I'm assuming. Probably a while, yeah. And so they probably already have connections with everybody else in that neighborhood. So oh, they brought yeah. us... They're new. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And they're going into this it like this? This is the type of neighborhood that has, like, neighborhood meetings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. where, like, like, all the moms are going in their little jogging circle yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were reasons, though, to consider other suspects. For one thing, the police spoke to Michael before the second letter was sent, which would make sending two more letters especially reckless. Or is it genius? Yeah. Then there was the rest of the neighborhood to consider. The private investigator found two child sex offenders within a few blocks, you rich fucking sick fucks. Ew. Yeah. There's a special place in the Right, oh yeah, absolutely. Bitches. As always, since episode one, we are an anti-sex offender podcast, yep. first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Woodward, the Broadus' house painter, had also noticed something strange. The couple behind 657 Boulevard kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the Broadus' property. Quote Bill Woodward, One day I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing his house. He was facing the Broadduses. That's, I mean, that's weird, but... I'd have to see the layout a little more to yeah. really judge it, but definitely weird. I'll, 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 I'll categorize it as weird right now. Because, I mean... If there's better views in alternate directions, then it's weird. Yeah. But, like, if the best view happens to be that way for some reason, then... But it's covered by a lot of foliage. Yeah. Yeah, so... Interesting. Uh, well, we're going to stick with weird. One night, uh, a police officer and his partner were sitting in the back of a van, parked on Boulevard, watching the house through a pair of binoculars. Around 11 p.m., a car stopped in front of the house, long enough to grow suspicion... They traced the car to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657. The woman told police her boyfriend was into, quote, some really dark video games, including, in the officer's memory, one which he was playing a specific character called The Watcher. Now this is going by people's memory. Mm-hmm. Um, of course Yeah, I, I did see one person point out the fact that there is a video game called The Witcher. Yeah, it's an amazing video game. Yeah, it's a great game. So I mean, they could have been told The Witcher and your brain, when you're looking for things, might have heard The Watcher. The Watcher. So there's that to consider. The boyfriend was living elsewhere at the time. 
But he had agreed to come in for an interview on two separate occasions. He didn't show up either time. Police didn't have enough evidence to compel him to appear, and with the media attention dying down, they drop the case and move on. But... I mean, that's pretty... I mean, somebody's... Stopped stopped in front of their house. And it... and then doesn't show up for an interview twice. Like I feel, I feel like you at least got to watch him for a little bit. Watch, watch a potential watcher. Yeah, and the car is registered to his girlfriend, who's in a town over. Yet he lives on that block. Yeah, yeah, mass. Yeah, yeah. That's a little. It's a little weird. suspicious. And even if they're talking about yeah, The Witcher, and they mix it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to throw. I don't want to throw video games as evidence, but because I, I hate that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, but. This, the pausing in front of the house, the driving someone else's car to do it, to possibly be covering up your... Yeah, that's a little... It's worth looking into more than you did. But by the end of 2014, the investigation had stalled. The watcher had left no digital trail, no fingerprints, and no way to place someone at the scene of the crime that could have been hatched from pretty much any mailbox in New Jersey. The letters could be read closely for possible clues or dismissed as nonsensical ramblings of a sociopath, as this show often is. In December, the Westfield police told the Broadduses they had run out of options. Meanwhile, the Broadduses continued their investigation, slowly becoming consumed by stress and fear. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and that would tear a family apart. Absolutely. Uh, they definitely said, you know, they were close to divorce several times. And yeah, I could just imagine. I mean, I, money stresses alone tear families apart on top of a, a Psychological yeah, psychological, stressor yeah. like this. You're just constantly in that fight or flight response. Yeah. Oh, my God. And as for the rest of Westfield, they began to speculate. No one who had lived in the house before the Woodses could recall anything unusual. And it was hard for people to imagine that their idyllic neighborhood could be hosting something so sinister. So now the Broduses are like the weird ones. They're getting outcasted. Absolutely. In those small towns with money, you don't want to be outcasted. No. People started to come to the consensus. Maybe the Broduses had sent the letters to themselves. The theory was that the Broduses had suffered buyer's remorse or realized that they couldn't afford the home and concocted an elaborate scheme to get it out of the sale. I, I feel like already with the information we know, that's that's a ridiculous thought. As yeah. Is. I mean, they're, they're dumping money left and right. On? Investigations, renovations. Yeah, renovations alone. I mean, yeah. if you had buyer's remorse, you wouldn't do renovations before you move into the house. Yeah. You would wait a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, you or you would just turn yeah, around and, and try and sell it again or something. And yeah. The guy who literally signs the lamp, like, they have money. That's yeah. Or Derek was cooking up some kind of insurance fraud, or they were angling for a movie deal. The Broaddus has actually received several offers, but turned them all down. Lifetime eventually, eventually released a movie called The Watcher, and despite a cease and desist letter from the Broadduses, Lifetime argued that the couple in its movie was biracial, and the letters were signed The Raven. <laughs> Way to be assholes lifetime. You know, remember how just like a little bit ago I was like, wow, this sounds like I was going to say a Lifetime movie. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, Lifetime definitely jacked it um, with or without permission. Go Lifetime. Fucking Lifetime. Now it makes you wonder how many other Lifetime movies are like 
stolen real stories. Yeah, and the fact that they got seasoned. Well, it's biracial, and we changed the name up. So technically, yeah, you, yeah, you're not a black and white couple. <laughs> what the fuck? Our <laughs> life rights like a, like look like a logo as long as you change ten percent. Okay. So is it kind of like a college assignment, or as long as you just change the wording up a little bit, just a little bit, yeah, slide through. yeah. Oh my god, so oh. bad for these guys. Yeah. Some locals found it noteworthy that over the course of a decade, the Broadduses had upgraded from a $300,000 house to a $700,000 house to a $1.4 million house and had refinanced their mortgages. A few weeks later, the letters became public. Um, The Broadduses' DNA was not found on any of the letters. Shut everybody up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, dude, dude worked his ass off. Like he had fucking high, like he's the vice president of a fucking company. Like, okay, he, he worked his way up. Yeah, if he wants to spend his money on that for his growing family, let him yeah. do so. Maybe if you jump from like a three hundred thousand dollar house to, to a one point four, but there's a there's a you know a almost steady, a seven hundred seventy thousand dollar house in the middle. Like that's and I mean it's the fact of they have three children, so they probably started out in a smaller area. Yeah. Had a kid, realized, okay, we need a bigger house, went to the bigger house, and then we're like, hey, we kind of maybe want more children, and we also want a place to where we can, yeah. like, root down in. It sounds like you're doing all right if a $315,000 house is your first house, when that's, like, what yeah. a lot of people work towards. I was going to say, that's, like, typically, yeah, the ender goal. Yeah, that's that's end, that's end game for <laughs> us regular people. You started with that? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the neighbors uncovered all this? Or, like, people in the... This is all their theories. Yeah, yeah. They've uncovered this. Yeah, nosy Nosy, people. Nosy Nellies. Nosy Nellies. Mind your damn business. Right? Meanwhile, the Broadduses still had to figure out what to do with 657 Boulevard. In the spring of 2016, they put it back on the market, hoping it might garner more interest given how many people had reacted to the letters by saying, I would have just ignored it and moved in. The Broadduses had a well-attended open house, after which Derek and Maria spent hours researching every person who signed in and comparing the handwriting to the watchers. Oh, my God. But each time a potential buyer expressed interest and met, met with the Broadduses' lawyer to read the letters, they backed out. Some cocky guy from Staten Island said, fuck it, I'm going to get a house on a discount, Derek recalls, and after he went to go read the letter... He, he was never seen again, never heard wow. from again. Feeling as if they were out of options, the Broadduses' real estate lawyer proposed an idea. Sell the house to a developer who would tear it down, split the property in twain, and create two sellable homes, you know, kind of like rebranding it, basically. Mm. They thought they could get a million dollars for the lot, uh, which would still be a loss for them, but something. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Subdivisions like this uh, had become common in Westfield. And even so, dividing it would require the Westfield Planning Board to grant an exception because the two smaller lots would end up 67.4 feet and 67.6 feet wide, just three feet shy of the 70-foot mandate of the neighborhood. The board would unanimously reject the proposal. Even though in 2018 they allowed the same a house with more exceptions needed just around the corner. 
Really? Yep. So now at this point... It's real. It seems real. They're going to be blacklisted. Yeah. yeah, the neighborhood doesn't seem to be with them. No. And they're probably already annoyed because they took their neighbors in to be questioned all those times. Yeah. And now they're probably all having little neighborhood meetings talking shit about them. Oh, right. my God. Yeah. Not long after the planning board's decision, the Broadduses did get some good news. A family with children who were already grown and two big dogs agreed to rent 657 Boulevard. There we go. They did have a clause that if they got another letter, they had the option to move out. And the rent was not even nearly covering their mortgage or property taxes. Damn. This is just... They're taking their loss. Stopping some of the bleeding. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later... Derek went to 657 to deal with a squirrel problem that had taken residence on the roof, and the renter handed him an envelope that had just arrived. At this point, it's actually been two and a half years since the original letters, and nothing in between. Wow. This time, the letter on the outside says, Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile... And spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Oh, ew, that just made my hair stand up. What a fucking succumb son of a bitch. He's, uh, he's, he's letting it. He's getting he or angry. She, he or she's letting it loose. Yeah, they. The watcher's letting it loose. Getting, getting a little angry. You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be? Or maybe you do know, and you're too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. That's fucking creepy. Fucking creepy. You're sitting there staking out your house, and he he still he saw you do it. And he's watching you. And you you didn't fucking see him still. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. This guy, this person's fucked. The renter was also mentioned. He was spooked but agreed to stay if the Broadduses installed even more cameras around the house. The letter also indicated revenge could come in many forms. Quote, Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you fell sick. You fell sick. Day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Don't you fuck with my dogs. Oh, I was waiting for that, and I was really hoping that whoever this was had some decency. How fucking dare you bring an animal into this? Fuck you. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house and the watcher has won. Now, 
seems like he's just throwing shit out there so he can take credit for anything that might happen to you. Yeah. But still. I mean, in today's world, you know, hexes and shit are real. Fucking right. Quote Maria, it was like being back at the beginning. But could it possibly mean fresh evidence that might help invigorate the investigation? The Broadduses continued to press the case, but there still wasn't much for law enforcement to go on. And it was, it was possible to look up and down the street and see the watcher and practically anyone. Residents mentioned a teenager whose father had grown up around the corner, and a man who sometimes walked around the neighborhood playing a flute, <laughs> an elderly couple behind the house who had been there 47 years, this is actually the man that was mentioned by Bill Woodward, seen sitting in the lawn chair looking at the Broaddus' house. One of their kids had married a man who grew up in 657 Boulevard. <gasps> I oh, wish to hell there was more information about that, because there is not. What? I feel like there's so many leads that they could have followed. But these bits of information that could mean everything... Or nothing, depending on how hard you look at them. Ugh. If you have someone who is a... I mean, I, I get it from a police standpoint. There's fucking no evidence besides somebody who said this guy was a kid here. Yeah. Fuck, man. Can you, can you put some eyes on somebody for a couple days? Yeah, and I mean, like, connect the dots. Something. Holy shit. I mean, there... I'm not even in it. I'm not a private investigator. I'm not a detective. I'm not a police officer. But the way that my brain works, I'm like, you, there's so many different ways that you can look at this and that you can piece it together. Like, it'll take time, but you're getting paid by this family to fucking do it. Yeah, especially if you're the PI. Like, come on, get in there. Get down and dirty. And it's like, it's impossible. The Watcher gave the information that he was there in the 60s. Right. There's your starting point. That's good. Work backwards. Yeah. Who wants to hire me as a PI? <laughs> oh, right. Good Let's God. Let's do it. Let's fucking A. <sighs> the Protestants, they were able to keep a renter for a while. As I said, it didn't cover the mortgage or the property tax. After several attempts to sell the home... And several price drops, I am happy to announce that after buying a house for almost $1.5 million, hundreds of thousands of dollars in updates and private investigation, the Broadduses were able to sell their house this July for $959,000. Oh, my God. Wow. And I guess now we wait and see. Wow. If the watcher strikes again. What if he did that to make them, do you, like, fall into that position of losing out on money? That's, that's absolutely a possibility. I mean, and the fact that uh, most of this is fueled for his, his hate towards new wealth money. and, yeah, new Pop, money. New money, it seems like. I mean, and clearly I, they pissed him off because they were renovating the house. They were ta- yeah. tearing down its history. Yeah. People get pissed in Denver when you take down like a historic land Absolutely. Now imagine a small town where you've got a bunch of history in that. Right? Good lord. I 
I really think this is like a neighborhood effort. Yeah. I think they didn't like something about this family. Maybe, I don't know if, you know, racism's a thing in that kind of neighborhood. I know once you get really rich, uh, you get really white, too. And um, his wife's name was Maria. I don't, you know, I don't know if they didn't like a mixed, you know, maybe Lifetime was onto something. They didn't like a, well, I guess maybe Maria wasn't mixed race if Lifetime said mixed race. And See, but no, that's an actually, that's a very interesting mm-hmm. point because... What's the, uh, like, what's the demographic of that town? That's, that's something, that's uh, something to look into for sure. Yeah, um, to see kind of the, re- like, where yeah. it lies. Cause I, again, I, I definitely think this is a neighborhood effort to yeah. just get out, get, some, get somebody out they didn't like. And I mean, those small towns, you... However, there, there is a statement from the woods saying they got a letter weeks before they moved out. True. That is true. And, and there's, looking at the woods again, there's the fact that the watcher has the information of the sale before it's public, and the woods never had a for sale sign out. Yeah. So clearly there well, is. And. He has to live in the neighborhood, because, I mean, assuming with, like, a small neighborhood like that, when you're moving, I, word travels fast. I still kind of like the Langfords. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a you got a family that actually has been there for generations, and creepy and weird, and all still living together. Wait, so how long have did they live there for? So it says you have a ninety year old mother with her sixty year old sons that all live in one house. Mm-hmm. You have I didn't get an exact time period, but it it leads you to believe at least. I mean, they, they've been in there. She probably raised them as children in there, and in they've the never house. left that house. And they're 60 years old in this time, so. And it would link the fact that he said running through those halls, imagining the rich people that lived there. Yeah. Because if you have a family with that many kids, typically... You're, you're in a house, but you're probably not the richest ones in the community. Yeah. And yeah. so then, as a child, you probably had friends. Oh, man. You, you might have been friends with the neighbor kids. Yeah. But then yeah. why are you watching? Why was your family watching that house? Maybe something was uh, set up in Michael early... Michael Langford is a schizophrenic. Diagnosed schizophrenic. And he could have created the whole story. He could create this whole scenario. Fabricated it yeah, and made it seem like... the Watcher. And, and it would give him purpose. It would give him purpose. I mean, when you're that... I mean, that, as sad as that is, but as human beings, I mean, it's just natural for us to find what our purpose in life is. Yeah. And if you're that old living in a house with... Yeah, or maybe he's giving his father's death purpose somehow or, you know... Well, I, who knows? Who fucking knows? I like the Langfords... For it, I like a community effort for getting them out. I definitely, I think the community effort is for sure a thing. I mean, I think also, too, it probably sparked that was the renovations. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they denied the the demolition, you know, for three feet. But then they let another. For this family to get peace of mind, get some money, get away from the situation, this whole neighborhood came together and said, no. We, well, like, we like that house too much. And then the Schmitz went back on what they said. And the Schmitz, yeah, being wishy-washy about the Langfords. 
you know, throwing the Langfords under the bus to the Broadduses, but now when you're talking to the media, oh, the Langfords are great, you know, innocent, harmless. Mm-mm-mm. Some so, fishy, fishy. Real fishy neighborhood. Um, I'm never moving to New Jersey, that's for Fuck sure. Fuck that. See, goes once again. East Coast, man, just not my place. Not my place. You know, I know if you live there, you love it probably, but, you know. I heard it's beautiful. I mean, it has amazing people great, that came out of it. But I don't know. It's crazy. <sighs> crazy things happen. Crazy things. What a too weird fast, world we live Too in. fast for me over there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that is the story of The Watcher, still at large. Still, me. still watching Six Five Seven Boulevard, right? That's I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, if that doesn't teach you to do your background work before you buy right, a one point four million dollar mansion, oh man, close your blinds at night. Close your blind. Okay. People call me weird because when I walk, when I used to live in the city, even if I'm driving at night, if someone's blinds are open, yeah. I look in and I'm like, oh, that's good interior design. They're like, you fucking creep. I'm like, close your windows. Yeah, yeah. So the Broadduses did actually end up trying to sue the Woods for not disclosing the letter that they got. I mean, that's... Because uh, you have to disclose, like, a murder in your house and things like that, I think. I can't remember the rules with that. I think you... If asked about it, you can't lie. Yeah. But you don't have to mention so, it. So, from now on, if I'm buying a house, I'd be, has there ever been a murder? No. Stalker? Is there a watcher on this property? <laughs> Does this property have a watcher? Do I need to... I mean, I asked my landlord, so... <laughs> from now on, I'm asking about watchers. Yeah. Is there I'm, a watcher for this property? Day. And, if, you know, I'm going to ask again when the realtor's like, huh? And I'm like, is there a watcher? For this prop, come on now. And he's gonna be like, I don't look, sir. Cut the let, shit with let's me. Put it all on the table. Okay, flat out. Be real. Is there a family that's been taking care of this property for generations and seamlessly watching me from anywhere? Give it to me straight. Come on now. <laughs> Maybe it was a family that built the house. Maybe, yeah, right. Real, real proud. Real proud. <laughs> they couldn't afford the property tax anymore, but they're real proud of that house. Real proud. That of would it. explain they hate the renovations. Like, what? it was perfect. Yeah, and the fact that he said that you made it all fancy. Yeah, you made it all fucking fancy. We had the perfect amount of richness, but still down to earthness going on. How much you want to bet too? It was decorated with like that fucking ugly. There is like. I don't know why, but so many mansions are decorated in this similar gawky style that it's just, like, the wallpaper with the big, big extravagant, like, like drapes. Like and Scarface's house. Yeah, and very dark. And I'm yeah, assuming because yeah. it's New Jersey, it's yeah. like that. And yeah. I'm like, ew. Yeah. It needed a refreshment. All right. Well, I think Miranda's home and gave the dog a chew toy, which is right outside the door now, <laughs> if you're hearing the hollow echoing sounds. Uh, I, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Wrap that, it up. That's your spooky spooky story number one for the month of October. And Anya will be back at you in two weeks with spooky story number two. Woo! Also, if you are not enjoying the Enlightened Lounge at this point, uh, what's wrong with you? You don't want to better your life? You don't want to feel better about yourself? You don't want to talk about topics that will make you live your best life? Don't want to find your inner light warrior? What? Well, apparently... You're a weirdo. Go fucking listen anyways. (laughs) Uh, The Enlightened Lounge, it's anywhere you can find us. Listen, give it five stars, give it a little comment. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and listen again. You know, play it for your mom. She'll yeah. like it. You know, every episode's gonna be a little bit different. A little bit different. It's either we're drinking coffee and talking, or we're drinking wine. And we're talking. Yeah. So stay tuned for that next week. And as for now, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Yeah. SB Weird World. To date. Yeah, that way you know if we're sick and we screwed everything up. We glitched the matrix. Yeah. The posting schedule. Yeah. And you can follow us on Facebook, too, and you can follow me at Greg's Weird World on Instagram, and you can follow Anya at Anya Daniela at Instagram. You can also follow the Enlightened Lounge now on Instagram. Woo! Woo! I'll we post go. it to Strange Worlds there we go. Insta, but Enlighten is E-N-L-I-G-H-T-N-D underscore lounge. All right, so we expect a lot of follows this week. You yeah. Know, we, we need everybody on board here. That way we're all up to date on news updates and everything like that. Um, I have seen a couple jump on board the last couple weeks. Um, I don't know your name. Shout out to you, though. That's pretty awesome. Welcome to the club. Yeah. And Weirdos. You know what, guys? I need to just go ahead and keep, keep it weird. Like this in the whole of my life. Nice.